The first Imbrin wasn't a woman who could turn herself into a bird, but a bird who could turn herself into a woman. She was born into a family of goshawks, fierce hunters who didn't appreciate their sister's habit of becoming a fleshy, earthbound creature at unpredictable times, her sudden changes in size toppling them out of their nest, and her odd, babbling speech spoiling their hunts. Her father gave her the name Imin, which in the shrill language of goshawks meant strange one, and she felt the lonely burden of that strangeness from the time she was old enough to hold up her head. Goshawks are territorial and proud, and love nothing more than a good bloody fight. Imin was no different, and when a turf war erupted between their family and a band of harriers, she fought bravely, determined to prove she was every bit the goshawk her brothers were. They were outnumbered by the larger, stronger birds, but even when his children began to die in the skirmishes, Imin's father would not admit defeat. In the end, they repelled the harriers, but Imin was wounded and all her siblings but one were killed. Wondering what it had all been for, she asked her father why they had not simply run away and found another nest to live in. "'We had to defend the honour of our family,' he told her. "'But now our family is gone,' Imin replied. "'Where's the honour in that?' "'I don't suppose a creature like you would understand,' he said. And straightening his feathers, he leapt into the air and flew away to go hunting." Emine did not join him. She had lost her taste for the hunt, and for blood and fighting, too, which for a goshawk was even stranger than turning into a human now and then. Perhaps she was never meant to be a hawk, she thought, as she winged down to the forest floor and landed on human legs. Perhaps she was born in the wrong body. Emine wandered for a long time. She lingered around human settlements, studying them from the safety of treetops, because she had stopped hunting, it was hunger that gave her the nerve to finally walk into a village and sneak bites of their food. Roasted corn put out for chickens, pies left to cool on windowsills, unwatched pots of soup, and she found she had a taste for it. She learned some human language so that she could talk to them, and discovered that she enjoyed their company even more than their food. She liked the way they laughed and sang, and showed one another love, so she chose a village at random and went to live there. A kindly old man let her stay in his barn, and his wife taught Emine to sew so she would have a trade. Everything was going swimmingly, until a few days after she'd arrived, the village baker saw her turn into a bird. She hadn't yet grown accustomed to sleeping in human form, so every night she changed into a goshawk, flew up into the trees, and fell asleep with her head tucked under her wing. The shocked villagers accused her of witchcraft and chased her away with torches. Disappointed but undeterred, Emine went wandering again and found another village in which to settle. This time she was careful not to let anyone see her change into a bird, but the villagers seemed to distrust her regardless. To most people Emine had a strange way about her. She had been raised by hawks, after all, and it wasn't long before she was chased from this new village too. She grew sad, and wondered if there was any place in the world she truly belonged. One morning, on the verge of despair, she lay watching the sun rise in a forest glade. It was a spectacle of such transcendent beauty that it made her forget her troubles for a moment, 
and when it was over she wished desperately to see it once more. In an instant the sky went dark and the dawn broke all over again, and she suddenly realized she had a talent other than her ability to change form. She could make small moments repeat themselves. She amused herself with this trick for days, repeating the leap of a graceful deer or a fleeting slant of afternoon sun, just so she could better appreciate their beauty, and it cheered her up immensely. She was repeating the first fall of virgin snow when a voice startled her. "'Excuse me,' he said, "'but are you making that happen?' She spun round to see a young man wearing a short green tunic and shoes made from fish skin. It was an odd outfit, but stranger still was that he carried his head under the crook of his arm, disconnected entirely from his neck. "'Excuse me,' she replied, "'but what's happened to your head?' "'Frightfully sorry,' he said, reacting as if he'd just realised his pants were unbuttoned, and with great embarrassment he popped his head back onto his neck. "'How rude of me!' He said his name was Engelbert, and as she had nowhere else to go, he invited her back to his camp. It was a ragged settlement of tents and open cook-fires, and the few dozen people who lived there were every bit as strange as Engelbert. They were so strange, in fact, that most of them had been chased out of other villages, just like Emine. They welcomed her even after she showed them how she could turn herself into a hawk, and in turn they showed her some of the unusual talents they possessed. It seemed she was not alone in the world. Perhaps, she thought, there was a place for her after all. These were, of course, the early peculiars of Britain, and what Emine didn't realise was that she had joined them during one of the darkest periods in their history. There had been a time when peculiars were accepted even revered by normal people with whom they mixed easily. But an age of ignorance had dawned of late, and normals had grown suspicious of them. Whenever something tragic happened that couldn't be explained by the rudimentary science of the day, peculiars were made the scapegoats. When the village of Little Disappointment woke one morning to find all their sheep burned to a crisp, did the villagers realise that a lightning storm had killed them? No. They blamed the local peculiar and drove him into the wilderness. When the seamstresses of Stitch didn't stop laughing for an entire week, did the villagers blame the wool they had just imported, which was infested with mites that carried laughing flu? Of course not. They pinned it on a pair of peculiar sisters and hanged them. <laughs>